Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Thursday morning. So got some good news from the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Tony, return to practice. Yeah, practice, it doesn't necessarily mean he'll play on Sunday against the Broncos, but against Denver, really, do they do they need any help? Come on, Denver's really, really bad. But uh, Tony is getting better. The hamstring, and he's apparently going to have these hamstring problems all along. He had him with the Giants, and uh, that <laughs> cost him his position with the Giants. But over and above that, Kadarius Tony is getting better. McCole Hardman is also getting better, but he, he won't play on Sunday. He's not eligible to being on the IR. He had to be out for four games, and Nick, this uh, Sunday will be number four, so he'll be eligible to play against the Houston Texans, I believe it is, and that'll be next week. So you do get a couple of receivers back, and that certainly will help the Chiefs. They have gotten into a bit of a dormant state on their offense. Against Cincinnati, they certainly were. See what happens on Sunday. Um, as far as McCall is concerned, I heard it was appendicitis. That's what I've heard to the grapevine is that because they that was the, he had an abdominal issue and they had to remove his appendix and that's why well, it four if weeks. they did it would be about a four week because that's, that's a laparoscopy anymore and you recover pretty doggone quickly. yeah so that's that's what I've heard I don't think officially they've said that because I don't think they really can or unless he comes out and says he, it he is allowed to. yeah yeah but no one else can say it what it actually is but that's what I've heard and it makes sense based on the timeline I hope they don't rush Tony back because we could definitely use him in January slash if we make it to February, so maybe they just ease him back. But uh, I was looking online yesterday. Tickets for that game at Mile High were like less than 100 bucks because nobody in Denver wants to go to it. So that tells me the odds are probably going to be a little skewed, huh? Isn't that funny, too, because they were they were the, they were the team. They were the dar- – them and the Raiders were the ones, baby. They were Broncos for years and years and years from the inception of the AFL. Oh, my goodness sake, everybody wanted to see t- – you couldn't get tickets and I mean the sun rose and set on the Denver Broncos out in Colorado now (laughs) they can't give the tickets away interesting very interesting so what are the odds odds are nine and a half the Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite and I found this to be extremely interesting the over under is only 43 that really isn't very many but when you consider what the Chiefs are likely to do to this team and Denver Denver's offense is really really slow 10-9 Ten to nine in last week's game that they did win. My goodness! I, well, I, I should take it back. They, they lost to the Baltimore Ravens, but it was ten to nine. Denver's defense apparently pretty good. Offense is nothing, and that shouldn't be the case. But the fact is that the score will probably be a low one, but the Chiefs should win. They should. I think the low, the low over under is probably due to the fact that what we've talked about before. It's not that Andy Reid plays down to teams, but he won't blow you out. He'll just play and game manage and then after that that's it there's no point in risking your players for, uh, for a lesser a lot team of criticism here to read from mostly Chiefs fans but from some football aficionados around the country about the fact that he went for a field goal and not the first down on that fourth and three against the Bengals I don't know I think I would have gone for a field goal I it's all hindsight man you do what you do what the numbers tell you and the numbers tell you in that situation to go for a field goal that just I'm in Buckers hit him before, so you got to go by the numbers. It's just unfortunately missed that one. Did not make it. Did not make it. But you know what? 
It's only three losses on the season. It's been a good one so far, and I think we have a chance to regain the number one seed in the AFC. There's a lot of football left. so And I think they will. Let's see what happens. All right, speaking of which, the Raiders don't have a chance, but uh, they are playing tonight against the Rams. Interesting to see now if Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback for Los Angeles tonight. It could be. The Rams are out of it. As a matter of fact, if they lose tonight, if the Rams lose this game, they will equal the all-time record for a defending Super Bowl champion losing a number of games the next season. That record is currently held by Denver in 1999. Well, the Rams will lose number 10 tonight if they lose to the Raiders. Found that's a dubious record that they would much prefer not to be able to match, but hey, it, it, it could happen. Rams aren't very good. Raiders are up and down. Raiders can play if they feel like it, but most of the time they don't feel like it. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. You think Baker Mayfield gets the start? I do, yes. You think so, huh? All right, well, let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting nonetheless, and we'll be at Coyote Sports Bar starting at 7 o'clock, and I'll have that Kingdom Custom Teardrop trailer out. Uh, you can qualify to win it on location while we're out there tonight for Thursday Night Football. So, MSU Bears are on the road in California in the San Francisco area against, what, St. Mary's yesterday? Mm-hmm. In Moraga. Moraga, California. It's, it's, it, it abuts San Francisco. It's part of that whole complex out there. St. Mary's is very good. They're a very good basketball team. They play in the West Coast Conference, which for my money is... Oh, it's probably a little bit better than the Missouri Valley, but they have one team that's a whole lot better than the Missouri Valley, the team that leads that league every year, Gonzaga. And St. Mary's plays them right to the hilt twice a year. Brigham Young is also in that conference for the last year because Brigham Young comes to the Big 12 next season. But it has uh, San Francisco and uh, Loyola Marymount and teams of this caliber. They're pretty good. St. Mary's is better than pretty good. They're very good. They have a massive front line led by a kid named Mitchell Saxon, who is a 6'10 junior, 6'10, about 250 pounds, and he owned the game last night. Scored 19 points. It's not the first time he's been in double figures. Houston held him to four, and St. Mary's only lost to Houston, the number one team in America, by five points. They shut him down. But the Bears couldn't. The Bears don't have that kind of physique, and he's not the only one. They have a, a very tall front line. Case in point is the Bears, who are accustomed to getting a lot of points in the paint, <laughs> had 18 last night. 18 points in the paint. By way of comparison, St. Mary's had 48 points in the paint. Final score was 66-46. to 46. The Bears were with them in the first half. It was a five-point margin at halftime, and it was not at the end of the no, game. No, it, it was 20 not. points. Uh, the Bears got outscored by 15 points in that second half. That, on the road, is not all that bad. But the Bears have a long way to go. They're not together. They're not great ball handlers. Foul shooting is abysmal. 50% from the foul line last night. They didn't go very many, many times. But 50%, you're not going to win. No. You've got to be up in the 70, 75, 80% category. They are free, F-R-E-E, free throws. And Bears are struggling. We'll get a chance to get back with it Saturday night on reunion night, but we'll see what happens. You know, guys, when a lady tells you size doesn't matter, well, in college basketball, it does. And last night in California, I think they proved that, uh, <laughs> along with the fact that you got to hit those free throws. All right, so kind of a topsy-turvy day in baseball yesterday. Uh, a lot of trades, a lot of side hustles, a lot of money being spent. That's for damn sure. Well, Cardinals involved? When you, Yeah, the Cardinals are involved. But when you take a look at the biggest deal of all, that, of course, is Mr. Home Run hitter Aaron Judge, a nine-year, 
$360 million contract. That comes out to $40 million a year. Well, he is the all-time home run champion in the American League, had uh, 62 this year, and he is certainly worth that amount of money. All right, he's, he's gone. So are some of the others. Xander Bogart's going to the San Diego Padres. He's a big money guy as well. Cardinals were involved. They did get their catcher, and it is Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs. It's a five-year deal worth $87 million, and that, folks, I believe, is the largest financial deal the Cardinals have ever made. Well, Contreras is a good catcher. He's not Yachty, but he is a good defensive catcher. He's a better offensive threat than than Yachty was. He can hit the long ball. At least he could at Wrigley Field. Now, whether he can at Bush Stadium and some of these others, that remains to be seen. But Contreras, good player. He'll be, hopefully, anyway, a solidifying force. Now, the Cardinals had been going after the kid from the Oakland A's, but uh, Sean Murphy, but that's a trade and not a free agent deal, and I think the Cardinals were unwilling to give up some of their young talent. So, indeed, that's the circumstance there with the Cardinals. But the Redbirds also lost Jose Quintana. He's the left-handed pitcher they got at midseason from the Pittsburgh Pirates. He signed on with the New York Yankees yesterday. I know a lot of Cardinals fans were hoping that Quintana would stay. He will not. But the Cardinals say, hey, we've got the pitchers. I'm not sure they do, but we've got the pitchers. We'll be all right. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's already getting interesting. I think they're taking a uh, page out of the NFL's book by creating some drama in the offseason. So we're <laughs> talking about it. So it's working. All right. 82 years ago today, pro football history was made. Ned was a teenager in high school. What the hell was going on? I actually wasn't born. <laughs> it was a year year before I was born. And uh, But the storybook is, is really very interesting. NFL championship game, highest scoring by one team in NFL championship history. Washington Redskins and the Chicago Bears played at Griffith Stadium. Griffith Stadium's the home of the old Washington Senators. Had 36,000, which at Griffith Stadium's a full house. Chicago Bears, Washington Redskins, NFL championship game got out of hand pretty quickly. Chicago won it 73 to nothing. 73 to nothing was the final score just a couple of weeks before they played in the regular season, and the Redskins won 7-3. The Bears thought they had scored at the end of the game, and the touchdown got called back, and they were, no, they griped the press and all that sort of thing. Well, George Preston Marshall, who was the owner of the Washington Redskins at the time, said, you guys are a bunch of crybabies. We don't say that to George Hallis, Papa Bear. He put it up in the locker room. Oh, the Bears were ready. Bears were ready. My favorite line from the game. The end of the game, Washington's quarterback was one of the all-time greats, Sammy Ball, slinging Sammy from Texas Christian and a National Football League record holder, Hall of Famer, and all that. (laughs) He threw a touchdown pass toward the end of the game that was dropped in the end zone. And the reporter said to him, Sammy, do you think that made any difference in the game? He said, of course it did. The score would have been 73-7. to Which <laughs> <laughs> is a great line. Anyway, it was 82 years ago today. God, that is a blowout. <laughs> I, when they started at 36,000, they probably ended up with about 600 in those stands by the end. There were a lot of people who left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee you that. Speaking of which, Ned, get out of here. I'll see you tomorrow.